Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. We're going to pick up where we left off yesterday. We're talking about your top real estate questions answered. And this is a list of the questions that we have received from you guys over the past four months. The most common uh, frequently asked questions and questions you guys have asked in different flavors. So this may not be a question when we read a question exactly how you would have worded it, but please listen for the content because it should have a great impact on your business and personal life. Some of the, um, I mean, these are we're talking today about a seller's market, a buyer's market, a changing market. Uh, do I need to work on my branding, fancy website, do I need Facebook ads? The longtime listeners, I think you guys already know the answers to all those, but I'm going to give you real, and Julie and I are going to give you real drill down reasons as to why. Um, but before we do, I want to welcome, obviously, my lovely wife to today's podcast. Julie, welcome. And I believe you have some folks from Facebook you'd like to acknowledge. Yes, and I think that part of this was a result of yesterday's discussion about choosing a broker. That's one of our common questions. One of our newer members and newer licensees, Jennifer Tietjen, I could be saying that wrong, she's in uh, Gloucester Courthouse, Virginia. She had posted on Facebook, and I think that you responded reminding her there's a whole podcast about that. Yesterday we spent a little bit of time on it, but there is a podcast called Seven Traits of the Best Brokers, Managers, and Team Leaders. What are those traits that they share? So that reminded me to remind all of our listeners to get on to realestatecoachingradio.com and scan down and check out anything that you may have missed We've got them categorized in different interviews and by topic. So if yesterday you were one of the listeners who is either switching brokers or choosing a broker for the first time, there is a dedicated podcast called Seven Traits of the Best Brokers, Managers, and Team Leaders. And then there were two or three referrals shared on our private Facebook page for Premier Coaching members. So you guys did a great job snapping those referrals up. And let's see, lots of postings about pop by gifts and the out and about presence like uh, what Angel Cutshaw is doing for her baseball team for her kids with an overriding theme being stop being a secret agent and you'll be surprised how many real estate leads are lurking right around the corner. Not all of you know that because you don't always talk about real estate. So just wanted to give that quick shout out and then a uh, quick little review here of the book, Harris Rules. If you haven't gotten that, super easy. Get to Amazon, just type in Harris Rules book and you can find it. This person calls himself Game Changer. This is a quick review. Uh, he writes, I read a lot of these types of books as I'm always interested in growing. I had to read this book twice because information was so great and I wanted to make sure it would stick. This book is inspiring and uplifting day to day and you can definitely feel the energy through the words. Definitely exceeded my expectations. And then another quick one uh, from Linda Olson. She writes, if you're in real estate, this book is a must read. It will give you the clarity, direction, and focus for the next step on your success journey. Even if you're not in real estate like myself, I still highly recommend it. Many of the principles can be applied to any field. I'm excited to share this book with my real estate friends. Thanks for your authenticity. So thank you for those great reviews, everybody. We really appreciate that. And again, if you don't have your Harris Rules book yet, that's easy to find on Amazon. Back to you, Tim. So um, 
the book. It, Julie always says Harris Rules book, but you can just go to Amazon, just put in Harris Rules and you'll find it. And also a quick reminder, those of you who are uh, wanting a free coaching call, it is our pleasure and honor to help you in any way that we can. Just go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com free coaching calls for agents.com. And just by requesting your free coaching call, we're also going to give you six books. I think, well, I mean, arguably the best one is real estate treasure map. And then the other one is think and grow rich for real estate. You get those books for free just by scheduling your free coaching call at free coaching calls for agents.com. We are able to get to you probably today, if not first thing tomorrow for your free coaching call. Um, so this is a, a coaching conversation that you're going to have with a, a new member coach. They're going to, of course, take some time and explain all the different programs we have to offer. But the core focus of the coaching call is to help you focus in on your lead generation wheel. So that's a question we get a lot is what do we mean by spokes in the wheel and what spokes should I be adding first and all the rest of it? Well, you'll learn all that when you request your coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com. And it's plural, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. All right, Julie, so let's jump in where we left off yesterday. What is the next most frequently asked question? Well, so we get this question all the time. How do I raise my average sale price slash net commission? Really, we're talking about the same thing. The higher the sale price, the higher your commission will be. And it's interesting to me, Tim, as the premier coaching program coach to hear, you know, this comes up a lot on our premier uh, sessions daily. And it's always interesting to hear the agents who actually have a very high average sale price. Their outlook is not always the same as the agents who have this strong desire to raise their average sale price, because along with that luxury end of the market comes all other sorts of challenges. It's not all about just doing the same work and collecting a bigger check. It's typically a longer relationship, longer days on the market, more marketing, more expectations, more communication, and all the rest. So I wanted to have that as a prequel to the discussion of how to actually do it. You have to recognize what you are signing yourself up for, and we always recommend that you don't have 100% high-end stuff, that you have more of a diversification. Would you agree with that, Tim? You coach some of the you know, highest-end agents in the country. They have different stories to tell than the bread-and-butter agents. Well, we did exactly what this question is all about. Julie and I started out by selling houses in Columbus, Ohio, that were average normal you know, $225,000, $250,000 houses. We sold thousands of them. And then we wanted a bigger challenge, frankly, and we decided to move to one of the most expensive areas in town where the average sale price was close to a million dollars. And within 18 months, we're the number one listing agents in that market doing the exact same things. This is the answer to the question, by the way, doing the exact same things that we'd done to become dominant selling the normal price houses. So the roundabout way of answering the question is, is the system that Premier Coaching is works in all price ranges, all markets, and all market conditions. There really is no great difference. I will tell you, just like all, uh, with the exception of first-time home buyer price ranges, people are naturally inclined to want to list with somebody who they perceive lives in the area. The we give you lots of good ob objection handlers to overcome the area expert objection, which a lot of people use. I want to list with the area expert, you know, that kind of thing, and you don't happen to live there. That is an easy objection to overcome. It's part of Premier Coaching. We've given you three or four scripts on that. Um, but I'll tell you, ultimately, you will benefit more if you're truly wanting to, you know, work in the upper end to move there and uh, to become absorbed into the community, to join as many of the, you know, social, cultural things that are happening there, kids involved, if you have children, all that stuff. Same as what you should be doing and working in any price range. But to Julie's point, with the exception of, say, LA, <laughs> the, um, 
the higher end stuff takes longer to sell. The nature of the relationship isn't measured in days or even weeks or months. If it's the listing, it's measured in years. Some, it, when you look at the, uh, the expired rate, today was uh, the first day, yesterday was the last day of the month. Hopefully you guys hunted expired. And uh, look at the MLS, how many of those are the upper end stuff that's not selling. And that's the nature of upper end. So you can have um, a listing for a long time. And even if the seller's motivated, they just, I have um, one of the top listing agents in the country as a personal client. He's up in Greenwich, Connecticut, top listing agents in terms of luxury homes. When he lists something, it's not unusual for the average days in the market for the market for, for a house similar to what he's listing to be a year to three years, four years. How about that? Would you guys really want those types of relationships? So to Julie's point, before you decide to assume that the grass is greener on the other side of the fence, get into the MLS and do some homework. You might be in a market where the grass is greener, and then you should seriously consider that as a better business opportunity because if you're willing to drill down, do what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level and you're willing to do it with average sale price houses, well, what the hell? Go to it for the expensive ones. It'll work the same. But you might discover if you're in 95% of the country that the grass isn't greener and the upper end stuff is going to be more of a, uh, you know, a harder sell. And to Julie's point also, you're going to need to balance it out by keeping your normal inventory. And that's what we did too. So we kept both of our businesses going. We essentially didn't lose our presence in the original market that we started in. And then we started to spin it up in, in New Albany. But I'll tell you what happened is because we physically moved to New Albany, we were not as effective in the other market because we weren't there every single day. We weren't, you know, reading the tea leaves and watching which way the breezes were blowing, you know, all those types of things that happen when you're truly active in a marketplace where you see the fizzbos, where you hear the stories. So we did lose market share in the original market that we started out in. So just keep all these things in mind. But really, truly, the way you make decisions about questions like this aren't essential. You got to make sure you're not making ego-based decisions because a lot of you guys think selling more expensive stuff is sexy and in a lot of ways it is, but it's not always as profitable. You might be able to go into your MLS, decide that, you know what, for every, you know, one house for a million dollars or $2 million, it takes three years to sell it or 18 months to sell it, that you can sell 20 houses that are $225,000 and ultimately make more money. Uh, so do seriously consider whether or not you're making a business decision or an ego-based decision. Business decisions are always based on profit, where your money works for you and you no longer work for your money. Let's not tag any more onto this first point. Julie, go to the next one, please. Okay. You got it. So here's a combined question. Can I succeed in a dot, 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 seller's market, buyer's market, changing market, balanced market? Can I succeed in, it depends on what's happening in the market, what flavor of question we get, but Yes, you can succeed in any type of market as long as you recognize what the market is willing to give you and update your skills accordingly. So I wrote down just a few examples, and then I wanted you to add on to this, Tim, but you can see how I combined this because it's always, you know, if it's becoming a buyer's market, that's the question. When it's a hot seller's market, that's the question. If it's changing market, you know, any market. So examples, for example, in a competitive seller's market, as many of you find yourself in today, if you expect your buyers to win, you better know how to write an offer that the seller will accept. This assumes that you find the right house for your buyer in the first place. So you can see how an agent who relies only on the MLS to find something for a motivated buyer and who maybe isn't that competitive with how they write their offers, maybe they haven't updated how, what their strategy is, you can see why many buyer's agents get very frustrated because they're losing out two, three, four, five times, and then what's the message that that buyer's getting? 
you're not accomplishing my goal, so I'm going to go somewhere else, I'm going to wait, I'm going to rent, I'm going to change agents. So yeah, you can succeed in a seller's market, but number one, be a listing agent because the listing agent always wins. And number two, if you're going to be working with buyers, you better know how to be competitive. So that's the life many of you are in right now. Now in a changing market, and we discussed this in previous podcasts, you have to be extra sensitive to pricing strategies, setting sellers' expectations, and making sure you're the one with the listing when it actually sells. If you're the only one talking about a changing market, even if you are factually correct, and the seller is getting a different story from everywhere else, you might talk yourself out of that listing. You might be signing yourself up for it to expire. Maybe the seller doesn't want to hear about price reductions again. So you have to be sensitive to that and have a great pricing strategy and know how to set that seller's expectations. Now, in a buyer's market, which mostly we haven't been in in quite some time, you'll have to manage more listings for a longer time frame. Communication systems and scripts are extra critical there. None of these examples say that you cannot be successful, but they require that you change your skill set and your mindset. What would you add to that, Tim? Well, nothing, nothing really. I mean, really, uh, what I was thinking about when you were talking is really knowing the seller's motivation. And, and remember, guys, there's no such thing as a have to sell or have to buy buyer. They don't exist. And so this is if you get this, you get you'll pretty much save yourself from a lot of stress that you guys experience. Just get this concept. You can argue with yourself about it, but don't argue with me about it because I know this concept's right. <laughs> okay, about that for arrogant, but it's true. There's no such thing about a, as a have to buy buyer. Never will be. Oh, Tim, what about the you know tax exchange types? They can always pay the taxes. But there's no such thing as a buyer that has to buy. They like, they can always rent, and oftentimes they do. You know, if it's too late in the year, oh, we're gonna wait until the spring, or if it's you know whatever, whatever, the weather's not good, or we have to go to Johnny's baseball game. So buyers act like that because ultimately they can just stay put. They don't have to buy. Oh, what about a rental that's about to expire? They can just go and rent another place, right? It's easier to rent someplace than it is to buy someplace. A lot less hassle. Buyers are a hell, or the renters are a hell of a lot less picky than a buyer. Well, what about somebody that's relocating and they just sold their house so they can rent? Well, come on. There's no such thing as a buyer that has to buy. There never has been, never will be. An investor, we just covered this, but an investor that has to reinvest, they're going to have to pay the taxes on the, but they have to do an exchange. No, they don't. They can pay the taxes or maybe they have enough offsets from other losses and who knows, you don't know. So don't make these assumptions. Just remember, no such thing as a buyer that has to buy, never has been, never will be. But there are lots of examples of sellers that have to sell. Lots of examples. You have financial reasons, you have legal reasons, you have uh, inheritance reasons, you have probate reasons, you have um, just all kinds of real reasons why sellers have to sell. No buyers have to buy, but sellers have to sell. And sellers will actually say, I have to sell this house. This property has to be liquidated for a variety of different reasons. Those, that, it, it, that's the business to go after. It only makes sense if you only have eight to 10 hours a day, and maybe if you're lucky, two or three hours of, those, of that day is really productive. Doesn't it make sense to go after the business? that actually has to do a transaction versus the ones that can just change their mind just depending on you know what they had for breakfast that day <laughs> doesn't that make sense of course it does so just remember ultimately when you're trying to decide whether or not you can succeed in a seller's market buyer's market changing market balanced market the real question is, is do you have the skill set to go after sellers yes or no be honest and then the next question is is do you have the skill set that goes along with that to know how to root out of a seller what their motivation is 
So it's one thing to say, I'm going to focus and become a powerful listing agent, which is really what we teach you to do in premier coaching. It's another thing to, you know, decide that you're going to become a powerful listing agent and actually follow the system that we teach you. The system works in all price ranges and all market conditions uh, everywhere in the country. We've had thousands of agents that have used the system and it works. So just remember what I just told you guys. As there are two types of clients. There's buyers and there's sellers, right? Focus on the sellers because they actually have to do transactions, but make sure you're tr focused on the sellers that have to sell, don't just want to sell. It gets a little nebul 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 nebulous, nebul what's the word, Julie? Yeah. Nebulous. What, the higher end, nebulous, because the higher end folks, they can always hold on and they can rent. And that's a little bit different, but the meat and potatoes market, which is most of the folks you guys deal with, they actually do have to sell. Uh, but if you're dealing in upper end markets, and we had a lot of coaching clients when the market was going to hell, who uh, had a lot of inventory that was ultra expensive and they turned all those into leases and kept the relationship with the seller. And when the market started to turn around, they turned those back into listings. So these are all the things we teach you in premier coaching. All right, Julie, next question. Okay, I want you to answer it. Cause I think be one of your favorites. No, no, no. I'm not going to rant on this one. You got to do it. I'll ask the question. <laughs> okay. you rant on it, okay. Everyone. Yeah, wants to hear, if you rant. can say it, if you, if you can say it in normal tonality. You mean if I can do say I it without it? ranting myself? Okay, I'll yes. say it. <laughs> Look, you, you want to ask? All right. So the next question is, and we get this with a lot too, which is hilarious. Do I need to work on my branding, Miss Harris? Good job. Not choking. Okay. So do I need to work on my branding? Oh my goodness. Okay. So first, before we even get into that, do you? Let's let's say that you that the answer was yes, and you know it's not. But let's just say it was. Do you even have a branding budget? No agent comes into this business or continues in the business with some budget for branding. And yet, you guys have people sending you emails all the time, popping by your office, having special events, that you better have your brand straightened out or nobody's going to come to you. You're not going to attract anybody. So, no, you don't need to work on your branding. And even, you know, let's say 20 years ago where you had a branded website and you were coming up in high searches – it still didn't get you the business that you get on your own when you're doing the things that we teach you, prospecting, marketing, great lead follow-up, different spokes. So no, you don't need to work on your branding. And I actually think that this is probably the world's biggest creative distraction to convince agents to spend time on when they should be doing at least a hundred other things first. And I don't think Nobody... that if you, I don't think if you ever worked on your branding that it would hurt you. Go ahead. Nobody, right, exactly. Your brand is basically the person, you, the best brand you can ever develop for yourself. If you even believe in the concept of branding, right? It, which it's arguable, is a brand of someone who's successful at selling listings. Your sold sign is the only brand you need. No one's going to list with you because you have a fancy brochure or a fancy, I'll tell you guys a story, true story. Julie and I were Howard Brent stars from 1990, don't remember what year. Eight, seven, don't remember. Back in the 90s, back when a lot of you guys who've listened to us and known us for a long time know that Howard Britton in his day was a legend. And to become a Howard Britton star was similar to basically getting a Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> well, maybe that's not a good comparison, but you get the point. It's something that at the time, in Howard's era, the honor of being a Howard Britton star, there was no, there were no, no parallels. So we sold 104 houses our first year when we were in our early 20s. And you know, Howard eventually made us Howard Britton stars, and we were part of this really elite group, which at the time was like 50 agents across the globe that were Howard Britton stars. So we used to have these conferences, and the Howard Britton stars would wear black shirts, and we'd say star on it and the whole thing. It was a big 
you know, big ego thing. And Howard would typically have 2,000 agents who would show up. And if you had a, if you were a Howard Britton star, you were like Elvis in that environment. It was, it was overwhelming just for a couple of huckleberries like Julie and I from Columbus, Ohio. Anyway, so um, I remember there was, I'll even say who the company was, Hobbs and Herder did, and they do beautiful marketing, gorgeous branding. And I'm not, I'm not saying that they're not a, uh, they do an impressive job at what they do. I don't think there's anybody even comes close as Hobbs and Herder does with branding. So there was this dentist. Now, I'm not conflicting with what I'm telling you guys, so just stay tuned. I remember there was this guy that was this ex-dentist, and he showed up at Howard Brenton's event, and Howard's, and this guy had spent just tens of thousands of dollars on his branding. He had had a video made, a commercial made, brochures made, new pictures taken, a logo made, all that crap, and a website made. It, who knows? I mean, $50,000, $60,000 back in the 90s is probably what he spent all in, and it was fabulous. And he and Howard uh, essentially showed all this stuff in front of the whole audience. And people, I think people literally got up and cheered after they saw it. It was one of those, you know, kind of weird environments. So he got invited to the um, cocktail party that Howard was throwing just the Howards at the end of the day. And I remember, I remember exactly where I was standing. I remember exactly what I saw out the window, but I was talking to this guy and I was asking him about his listings. I was asking him about his sales skills, not asking him about his sales skills, like what are your sales skills, but just seeing if he had any. I was seeing if the guy had really anything other than the sexiest marketing and branding I'd ever seen in my life. And he didn't. And he wasn't even in the business 24 months later. He failed. He spent all of his money on his branding. So what happened was he got seduced by the idea that if he creates this big, illustrious, sexy brand and all this marketing stuff that people will flock to them. Of course they don't. They don't guys. Marketing and branding advertising is bullshit. Remember, I told you that it'll save you all kinds of time and effort. The marketing and advertising, for the most part, if you're ever going to do it, should be like your seventh or eighth spoke. It shouldn't be your first spoke. In real estate, you guys don't have to do that dumb shit. You can just focus on calling and picking up the phone and going after the people that already have their hands up in the air saying, I want to sell my house. Why would you worry about branding? Why would you worry about any of that stuff? You know why? Because your ego tells you it's important. Your ego tells you that you're not going to differentiate yourself from everybody else unless you have all this fancy stuff. And then you waste a year or two years and tens of thousands of dollars and you have boxes full of this branding stuff. And then eventually you come to terms that you realize that was stupid. Don't make that mistake. I'm being really blunt, but I really don't want to see you guys make that mistake. This branding thing. Well, but it's true. This branding thing has been around for now about 20 years and it is one of the most seductive and destructive distractions it is that agents fall that they succumb to and i see so many of you guys wasting so much time worrying about focused on the wrong thing remember remember these this is we cannot think of anything truer than this at the end of the day your highest and truest purpose in this plan is being of service to other people is that having to do with branding no you have to learn and live by doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level, which means you have to get really good at your sales skills. Sales skills are nothing other than basically words that you use, phrases that you use, scripts that you use that help people uh, to solve the problems that exist in their lives, which in the case of working with sellers is the house they have to sell. You're just learning like any professional would, a doctor or what have you, what to say and how to say it so that the folks will feel comfortable doing business with you and choosing you over somebody else. The guy with the most, the sexiest branding in the world 
cannot hold a candle to an agent with no branding, no team, but has sales skills. And you guys intuitively know what I'm telling you is true. You know what I'm telling you is true. You're not, you can mail postcards until the cows come home, but if you don't have sales skills, if you get a call from a seller to list their house, you won't get the listing. You guys understand what I'm saying here? You can't hide from the truth. You know intuitively what I'm saying is true. So think so about this. Do you this. think that Before sometimes the- agents do branding because they believe if it, they've got a flashy enough, impressive enough branding that they get to skip those skills? Do you think that's why they do it? Well, of course that's why. But, but here, here's in their defense, real estate attracts a ton of non-business people that don't realize they have to become business people. Most, most, you know, honestly, most business. Well, they don't tell you that when you get your license. Nobody mentions that until later. (laughs) Yeah. Well, nobody mentions it ever. Because then what happens is you guys get your license nowadays. And what happens? You go to your broker, your office manager, and they tell you stuff like join a team, start buying buyer leads, work on your branding or your website or your logo, because they don't know any better themselves because they've only been in the business for 10 years and they don't realize the ramifications of giving that sort of advice. So I'm trying to, frankly, not become skeptical about the industry in a whole to the point where I can't be objective. That's really what I'm working on for inside myself and inside my own head. Because I have to think that most people out there just have never heard the truth to know to pass along to all of you the truth. Now, the people that are selling you guys this stuff, I'm not saying what they're selling doesn't work because in some cases it does. But what I'm saying is it doesn't work to the point where it can replace doing the real work. Does that make sense, Julie? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're keeping it real. And I think you're right. Assuming that that branded only agent gets the call, that does not automatically mean you know what to do with it, to pre-qualify, to negotiate, to close, to even, you know, even get I'll the wing listing. It. Hold on. I have, enough, I have enough sales skills. I'll wing it. And you'll lose. I know. Okay. When the market, mm-hmm. start, when the market starts to change, and, and agents with sales skills, that's what's happening, guys. The agents with sales skills are going to dominate. They always do every time the market changes. And all the agents that tried to buy their way past the real work, they'll lose. They always do. That's just the nature of everything. It's sort of like if you were to join a gym, and the gym would have the flashiest branding ever. But when you get there, the coaches didn't know what they were doing. The equipment didn't work. That's kind of like with many of you, the businesses that you've built. And so you should see this as a potential warning for all of you that before your markets start turning in a noticeable way, we noticed that the crash was happening in 07 and 06. We about halfway through, I won't go into details, but we knew it was happening. We told all of our coaching clients, we're well documented on this, that we knew the wheels were gonna come off the wagon and we started teaching agents to do things that would cause them to not just survive, but thrive in that changing market. And many of them are still some of our most loyal coaching clients. You guys hear about, hear of them because they send us, you know, I've been listening to you guys for 15 years. Well, what I'm telling you is there are obvious, I don't think there's ever going to be a big crash like there was before because that was some structural, uh, you know, breakdown on a different level than I think can happen again. It was more about banking than it was about real estate. But there will, of course, be recessions. There will, of course, be slowdowns. And many of you guys are already experiencing those slowdowns. It's your job. It's almost your moral imperative to become so good at this business that you can help anybody regardless of what their situation is. And Julie said it right. A lot of you guys think that you can skip the real work of learning how to be great killer salespeople by branding and by buying leads and by doing all this other hokey jokey stuff. And you know what? I'll tell you the interesting dichotomy about that is that everybody else thinks the same thing. So everybody else is doing the same 
passive stuff, hoping the business comes their way and it doesn't. But what's happening is there is a movement that's happening. And a lot of our coaching clients are part of this movement where they are wholesale, wholesale rejecting all that passive stuff. And they're accepting the fact that they're here to be on this planet. Their highest and truest purpose is to be of service to other people. In order to do that, they have to earn the right to be of service to other people through their skill set. If you guys don't have the everything you want in life, the lifestyle, the health, the wealth, it's simply because you have yet to realize this very simple formula. There's a direct correlation between the number of people you help accomplish their goals and the amount of things that you are able to experience in life. That's it. So if you're not experiencing the life you want on all, in all facets, it's because you simply are not helping enough people accomplish their goals. That's it. So don't be jealous of successful people. It's just they're helping more people. Become someone that helps more people, and then you will have more of what you want in life. Doesn't that make sense? Of course it does. That's the simple formula to wealth. Be of service to more folks. Don't allow yourself to be seduced by the idea that there's a shortcut. There isn't. You have to do the real work. So here's the dichotomy part. Everybody else is pursuing the shortcut. Everybody else is pursuing the easy button. Everybody else is looking for the, you know, the, the branding or the logo or the somehow magic thing that's going to make leads pour on them. While everyone else is doing that, let them go down that path. You guys got to suck it up buttercup and decide that you're going to become the person that knows the market. You're going to become the person that today can pick up the phone and set two or three listing appointments because you know what to say. You know how to solve other people's problems. You have the confidence. You've worked through your fear. You've worked through your ignorance. You've worked through your reluctance to consider yourself a salesperson, and you are dominating. You see the difference? Whereas all your you know, other realtors are going to logo conferences. <laughs> They're going to work on their Facebook ads. You guys get the difference? Nope. Screw that. You're not going to any of that stuff. You are going to put your headset on your head. You're going to get your call list. You're going to use our scripts, our objection handlers, and you're going to set appointments. You're going to enhance that with other things. We are, we are about prospecting-based, you know, proactive lead generation-based, marketing enhanced. But you cannot build a business based on marketing, or at least you shouldn't try. It's silly when you have this. So real estate is unique. Unlike every other industry, in real estate, you can actually, for free, get lists of people that have to sell their homes. Can you think of another business that's like that? There are some, I suppose. But real estate, you can get lists. And part of Premier Coaching is we teach you, what, 15 or 20 different free places to get listing leads? Call them. Know what to say. Stop thinking you have to shortcut or buy your way to business. Julie, are you still on? I am. Okay. So any closing thoughts? Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of these questions, and you see it on Facebook, too, sometimes when agents will throw out, like, a survey question. What's the best company to get my branding from, right? Or how have, how have you found branding to work out for you? I mean, it's all, at the end of the day, many of the questions that we get are a creative avoidance question in the attempt to avoid what they perceive to be harder work than what the question was about. In other words, they don't realize that following the multiple spokes in the wheel plan that we coach is actually not just easier to do, but faster and less, to, less expensive to get results from. And that's why I love our Premier Coaching um, Facebook page, because oftentimes our clients are highlighting, hey, you know what, I just did this one simple thing, and yeah, at the time it was doing what I didn't want to do when I didn't want to do it, but I figured out how to do it at a high level. There was a post a couple of days ago about sending out uh, closing statements, you know, during tax time, and I didn't feel like doing it, and my broker told me it was a waste of time, and yet that agent, within two days of sending those out, 
got two listing leads. Okay, so is that hard? Is it less expensive than branding? Would you have had to wait if it worked at all even longer and spent countless thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars in the hopes that that would work out? It's all creative avoidance of the real work when in fact, what you resist persists and it's what you're resisting that actually unlocks the door to that higher income as a result of helping more people. It's kind of a twisted thing if you think about it, you know? I mean, all the, the questions of, it, it's almost like the, if you were to boil it down into one question, it would be, what's the shortcut? What's the easy button? And yet there isn't one. It makes our job a lot harder. You know, it'd be so much easier to just, you know, sell them leads <laughs> because that's what everybody wants is the easy button. And yet we actually teach you to have real skills that are sustainable, duplicatable, and profitable. So with that said, I have to go make sure Premier is going well. Rochelle is handling that class today, and then I'm handling it tomorrow. Um, and just a reminder to our Premier coaching clients to check that Facebook page for your referrals. Buy the book if you don't have it on Amazon, and then I'll let you close. Tim, back to you. So re request a free coaching call, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. If you've not done so, in the meantime, if you guys need us for anything, it's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.